to restore our souls. We put our faith in Almighty God. You voted to make America great again. We are making America greater than ever before. And it's happening before your eyes. We will rekindle new faith in our values, new pride in our history, and a new spirit of unity that can only be realized through love for our great country. The American people voted to reject this corrupt globalism. This is the most important election in the history of our country. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. services your role is to protect the life and well-being of human citizens within the united states i am certainly responsible to make sure the health and well-being of the american public is taken care of understood sir and can i ask you this how do you define a human life how do i what define a human life uh-oh got him you are out there Making things happen, you're, if you're surviving the, the tough challenges before us, if you're making it through and you have a loving family that's helping you out, uh, all those things make it possible for Americans to move forward in a way that lets them prosper and become leaders for our country. The following conception in the womb, how long after that would HHS wait before they're taking action to protect that life? Well, I will tell you that I'm not a physician. My, my wife uh, is an OBGYN, and uh, she could probably speak more directly to some of those more medical technical issues. What I will tell you is that uh, based on policy and how I can act as a, a Secretary of Health and Human Services, I'm guided by the law and what it tells us we can do when it comes to providing services to anyone at whatever stage uh, you wish to consider. Yes, sir. Well, I, I believe the lack of clarity in, in the answer of when a human life begins in America, I believe it has consequences. Uh, when you testified in front of the Energy and Commerce meeting, you previously stated there is no medical term such as partial birth abortion. Uh, there is not a definition of partial birth, but there is a definition of infanticide. Are you aware of the live action news article where they say that five viable babies, humans in America, were found dead and aborted here in Washington, D.C.? 
Congressman, what I can tell you is that that term is a, polit a politician-created term. It is not a term that physicians use, not a term that my wife as an OBGYN uses to address the issues of pregnancy. Uh, but I understand where some, some of the folks who use that term are trying to go, but it is not a term that the uh, professionals in, in medicine use. Mr. Secretary, you've pressed for federal funding to combat pro-life legislation and promote abortion through, and granted their euphemisms, but things like family planning uh, against the will of the people and their elected representatives. And now we have five fetuses beyond the threshold of viability on the doorstep of Washington, D.C., and you can't tell us what a human life is. You know, those five children found in D.C. were just that. They were children. They were babies, humans, not medical waste. The callousness with which this administration views life and the sanctity of it is astonishing. A nation that cannot protect the most precious, innocent, and vulnerable among us has a moral compass that is not only stained, sir, but it's dead. Is it correct to say that the Secretary of Health and Human Services, your role is to protect the life and well-being of human citizens within the United States? I am certainly responsible to make sure the health and well-being of the American public is taken care of. Understood, sir. And can I ask you this? How do you define a human life? How do I what? Define a human life. If you were out there making things happen. There it is, folks. He can't even do it. Katanji Brown-Jackson could not identify what being a woman was. And this man cannot identify what a human being is. I mean, these are supposed to be very highly educated people. And that's why they're given or nominated or hired for the position that they're in. And if you cannot, as a black woman, which was the only prerequisite for you to be able to be picked to be even nominated for a Supreme Court, and if you, as the Health and Human Services di uh, Secretary, the, basically the Director of Health and Human Services, cannot even tell somebody what a human being is, well, you've got one of two things. You've got very, very, very stupid people, which I don't really believe, in these positions, or you have an agenda where they do not want to tell you what a woman is and what a human is. Because if they were to tell you what a woman is and what a human is, then that would destroy the LGBTQ plus XYZ community. And that would destroy the Planned Parenthood abortion community. If you were to even reference what those two things actually mean, then you would be basically a hypocrite to the left and you would, uh, you would be cancel culture yourself. That's what's really happening here. These people aren't stupid. They're cowards. I would rather be stupid than a coward any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Folks, you're locked and loaded right here live from America. I am your ever so humble, God-fearing, and God-loving host of the show, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot, coming to you from the live free or die granite state of New Hampshire. And I'll say it every day, so please don't get upset. It is an honor and a blessing to do this job for you. So moving right along, I want to talk a little bit more about Madison Cawthorn, if I could. The people of his state are so lucky to have him. People need to understand something about Madison Cawthorn. He is the future of the Republican Party. 
People like Madison Cawthorn are the future of this Republican Party. It isn't that we need to flush out the Republican Party. We already have, have exposed who we need to expose, and we've already begun the flushing. When, when Trump said the deep state will be brought to heel and the process has already begun, that's one of them. We're already flushing. There's nothing they can do about it. There's nothing that Washington, D.C. can do about it. There's nothing that the world can do about it. We're here. And like I said last week, there's a new sheriff in town, boys. So somebody best get used to it. North Carolina has a great representative there in Madison Cawthorn. Now, I want to tell you something else about Madison. Remember when I gave you the story about him going on the podcast and him talking about all of the crap that's going on in Washington, D.C.? And now everybody's a cokehead and they're having orgy parties and this, that, and the other. And then all of a sudden, like a day afterwards, Kevin McCarthy and all of the Republican GOP establishment got super mad at him. And Kevin said he was going to talk with him. And then he did talk with him and he told him he better pump the brakes on his lifestyle choices or else it was going to catch up with him, basically threatening him. I wondered why Kevin McCarthy got so mad. Remember, I even said that the next day. I said, Why, what does he have anything to do? Why is he getting so mad? Why is Kevin McCarthy pulling Madison Cawthorn aside to reprimand him or talk to him about some um, admission that he made that was implications that are felonies, basically, as far as doing cocaine anyway? I always thought that was weird. And I've been thinking that that was weird until I read Madison Cawthorn's Truth Social Post. And now I'm not on True Social, but this was sent to me by many people. Madison Cawthorn's verified True Social account said this. The reason why GOP leader Kevin McCarthy is so upset about me saying a bunch of Republican colleagues are doing drugs and going to orgies is because he's one of the biggest offenders. I have personally seen him do cocaine and hitting on 22-year-old staffers. Madison Cawthorn is the future of the Republican Party. Somebody who is not afraid to say what needs to be said and expose the people that need to be exposed. I knew Kevin McCarthy, there was something wrong with him other than the fact that he was a coward. I knew at the minute he said, I'm going to pull Madison Cawthorn aside and talk to him. And then when I found out what he said, I said, oh, this guy's in on it. This guy's in on it. He'll never be the Speaker of the House. He'll never be anything other than what he is right now. He has hit. 100%. He has hit the peak of his career. He will never be anything else. Relish in it now. Relish in it now. Love what you're doing right now, Kevin McCoward, because this is it for you. This is the height of your political career. This is the height of any accomplishment that you will ever do again in your life. You should love it. You should leave it and get out of our party. We're sick of you. We don't want you anymore. And stop intimidating the younger Republicans who are coming in to push you out. Big shout out, Madison Cawthorn. That's the kind of stuff that I like. Now, another person that we're going to talk about real quick before we get to the Lord is Mike Lindell. I was just catching a little bit of Steve Bannon, I could, right before the show, and I saw that he went on there, and he was slapped with another lawsuit from who else? Eric Coomer. You know, the guy who was working with Dominion, who was drunk, who got caught drunk driving, running into a building and said he didn't do it. The video I showed you, that loser who said he was going to stop Trump at every, every turn. He was going to make sure Trump wasn't president. He just filed another lawsuit against Mike Lindell. And more stores called Mike Lindell and more um, news stations called him and said, look, we can't run any more commercials if your face is going to be on them. You can run your commercials here, but we're not going to run your commercials with your face 
on them. And these are like Fox News, places like that. So, guys, everything you've been doing for Mike Lindell, keep doing it. They're going to try to shut each and every one of us down unless we take care of each other. They're going to try to shut Madison down. They're sh- they've been trying to shut Mike Lindell down. They're trying to shut Marjorie down. They're trying to shut Trump down. They're trying to make it so none of us <clears throat> have a voice or have an opportunity to run for office and hold an elected seat. We need to fight back harder today than we have in the last year and a half. I told you. I told you three weeks ago I was putting my foot on the gas. I was switching to third gear and I wasn't letting off. We're going at these people, and we're going at their throats, figuratively. Let's get to the verse of the day. Now, I know I did not send out a newsletter. If you were looking for a newsletter this morning and you did not get one, there's a reason for that. I didn't do one, and I apologize. We've got a lot going on, and I just couldn't get to it this morning. That does not mean that I did not get to my devotion with God. So here we go. Verse of the day today comes from John 16, 31 through 33. Jesus asked, do you finally believe? But the time is coming, indeed, it is here now. When you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and many sorrows. But take heart. Because I have overcome the world. Remember, I told you the other day, Jesus, Jesus didn't just die so you could have a new covenant with, with God and make it to heaven. He died to overcome your problems of the world. Now, I'd like to read you a little bit about that. I think it's a good comparison here. My Savior God, I long for the absence of problems in my life, but I realize this is an unrealistic goal. Shortly before your crucifixion, you told your followers, candidly, in this world you will have trouble. We just read it. I am thankful I can look forward to an eternity of problem-free living, reserved for me in heaven. I rejoice in this glorious inheritance, which nobody can take from me. Teach me to wait patiently for this promised perfection rather than seeking my heaven here on earth. Very good advice for when we're trying to push stuff like what Mike Lindell's trying to do, what Arizona's trying to do. Patience is the key. Lord, help me to begin each day anticipating my problems, asking you to equip me for whatever difficulties lie ahead. The best equipping is your living presence, your hand that never lets go of mine. Discussing my problems with you frees me to take a more lighthearted view of trouble, seeing it as a challenge that you and I can handle together. Please remind me again and again that you are on my side and you have overcome the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And that's what it's all about, folks. That is how you know you're winning, when you can shed your troubles and give them to Christ and keep moving forward for what he needs you to do, for what he's placed you here to do, at this specific time, in your specific situation, at your specific residence, you have a job, you have a duty, you have something that God wants you to do. All you have to do is let go of the rest of your problems and do it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Please remove your hat as we all together in unison pray to God and give thanks for his grace and his mercy that we are given as a free gift because of our faith. Here we go. Our Father who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. You know, it really bothers me when I can't get the morning newsletter out to you guys, but the good thing about it is is we get to all actually read from the actual physical Bible together because I've not, I didn't put it down in the newsletter this morning. So that's always fun. Um, <clears throat> let's have our first slurp of the day. Put your cups up. Let's get this started, folks. I want to give a big shout out to the Getter family. It looks like the LFA producer... Um, page is growing as well if you have not liked or followed that please just look up lfa producer follow it we got a heck of an audience over there as well we're all over we're on roku fire stick we're on getter we're on rumble we're on iHeartRadio. you can't stop life from america we are uncancelable thank you to god and thanks to all of you here we go first and foremost section of the day we're going to start with some good news so let's get right to it and it happened just before my show Last night, so I didn't get a chance to actually work it into the lineup of last night's show. But Matthew Martin, a J6 political prisoner, was acquitted of entering the Capitol building because the footage shows that he was waved in by the cops. Folks, this is a huge, huge story that nobody is really placing a lot of time and energy on. And why do I say that? Not just because this. Uh, this gentleman got um, acquitted by a judge because he was waved in by the cops because that's known as entrapment. Think about how many other people this is going to apply to. Folks, this is the first big dagger in the side of Nancy Pelosi and her January 6th unselect committee. And it is a major blow to the illegitimate de- uh, Department of Justice. Merrick Garland must have been so mad yesterday. Biden must have been, well, he doesn't, he's mad when you don't give him an ice cream. So who knows what he thinks. But I bet you Merrick Garland was pretty ticked yesterday. I'll bet you Liz Cheney was pretty ticked yesterday. I'll bet you that Adam Kinzinger was pretty ticked yesterday because what this does is it opens the door and now finally some January 6th political prisoners can see light. There is light shining through this dark tunnel that they have been living in, that they have been tortured in, that they have been deprived their God-given unalienable rights by these uh, political hacks in Washington, D.C. This is going to blow the roof off of everything, folks, because by this standard that this judge acquitted, this man, how many people does that apply to? And then, folks, how many people not only does that apply to, But how much light does it shed on the fact that the police were involved in it? You see where this is going? See, when you defend yourself in a court of law, it is a very different world than the court of public opinion. When you defend yourself in the court of law, you have access to stuff that the public just does not have access to because Nancy Pelosi will not give it to them. So this was never meant to actually prosecute people and actually label this as an insurrection and actually bar Donald Trump from being able to ever get it, uh, come to Washington again. 
This is only meant as a smear campaign and the collateral damage that does not matter to the left are the human beings that are suffering 24-7 in that jail and not giving their right to a, uh, not giving their right to a speedy trial, not given rights, period. But when somebody actually does make it to that courtroom and they get in that courtroom and they're allowed to have discovery and they're allowed to get evidence and they're allowed to get whatever they need in order to defend themselves, well then, ladies and gentlemen, the truth comes out. This is big news. This is huge news. Let's read a little bit about it, but you heard, you've already heard my opinion on it. This blows the whole thing wide open. Trump supporter Matthew Martin was acquitted of misdemeanors for entering the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Martin was waved in by Capitol Police, who waved in hundreds of innocent Trump supporters that day. That's going to lead to showing them unlocking the doors, the magnetic doors. That's going to lead to them uh, opening the gates and letting people in. That's going to lead to them giving them basically tours, public tours throughout the Capitol building. I'm telling you, it blows it wide open. Martin has been persecuted by his government for walking into the people's house. He did not cause any damage and left several uh, left after several minutes. Conflicted D.C. District Court Judge Trevor McFadden lectured Martin with some crap before he was let go. Prosecutors incorrectly blamed the deaths of several policemen on that day. Quote, you understand the police officers died. Justice Department Prosecutor Michael Romano asked Martin. At least nine people died in the riot or its aftermath. More than 100 uh, police officers were injured. One officer died after he collapsed hours after being sprayed with bear spray. And other officers who tried to quell the riot died by suicide in the months following attack. That's not me saying that. That is me reading what they had said in the courtroom. Because I wouldn't call it an attack. I would not call it a riot. I would call it an FBI sting. Now this is a complete lie pushed by the toxic left and we all know that. Four Trump supporters were killed that day. Two women were brutally killed by police. Say their names. Trump supporter Ashley Babbitt was shot in the neck by Lieutenant Michael Byrd. And Roseanne Boylan was beat with sticks and trampled when police pushed the supporters on top of her that day. One police officer died from a stroke the next day. Several other police officers committed suicide or Maybe had a run-in with Hillary Clinton. I'm not sure. But the deaths cannot be pinned on that day, period. This is just a media lie and is now being repeated by judges and political leaders today. A federal judge yesterday acquitted a New Mexico man of misdemeanor charges that he illegally entered the U.S. Capitol building and engaged in disorderly conduct. U.S. District Judge Trevor McFadden issued the verdict from the bench after hearing testimony without a jury in the case against Matthew Martin. McFadden, who was nominated by former President Donald J. Trump, acquitted Martin of all four accounts which he was charged. Amen and thank you, Donald Trump, for getting that man on the bench. Martin did not dispute that he was, he was joined by hundreds of other peoples in entering the Capitol building that day. He is the third, uh, third Capitol uh, riot defendant whose case has been resolved by a trial. He is the first of the three to be acquitted of all charges that he faced. 
The first two Capitol riot trials ended with convictions. And although McFadden acquitted one of those defendants of disorderly conduct after a bench trial last month, a fourth trial is being held this week in Washington, D.C. for a former Virginia police officer charged in the attack. So while we have these court cases being heard in different areas and while there are different judges who are overseeing these court cases and giving different rulings, it still is a good big win for us and Mr. McFadden, but a big win for the rest of the J6 and um, the, uh, the rest of the J6 political prisoners as well, because most of them did no damage. And I guarantee you that if you trace back who did do the damage, it's probably Black Lives Matter and Antifa because Trump supporters just don't do that. If Trump supporters were really there to disrupt what was going on, they would have got to those chambers. And they would have made it so that the proceedings could not go on any further. They would not have harmed anybody. They would have not killed anybody. And they would have not destroyed anything. That's just not how we work. But I did want to start the show off with some good news today. We got some good news. Some January 6th political prisoners do see a light at the end of the tunnel. And folks, we're going to keep pushing on this issue. Amen? All right. Take another drink here and move on to the next story. Winona says, several D.C. elites have come down with COVID, including Raggedy Ann. Did they really? Or is there something more going on? Look, COVID and the emergency uh, powers behind COVID give these people so much power and so much cover when they need it. It is ridiculous. And I guarantee you that people are not getting sick on the rate that they say they are. They just need them out of the public eye for a few days for whatever reason. Now, let's move on and talk about some more judges. Yesterday, one of the two judges appointed. I don't know why there were two judges appointed to begin with. But yesterday, one of the two judges appointed to hear President Donald Trump's lawsuit against Hillary Clinton and the the DNC recused himself yesterday, but the other one did not. This is an interesting story. Let's get into it. And I want to thank Race Mom. 53 for the $20 donation on Rumble Rant. As you know, we do very much rely on these Rumble Rant donations nowadays. And it was my hope that that was going to be able to pay to have a producer. And so far, we've done so we've done well. So thank you very much. Let's get into this. Yesterday, the first judge recused himself, which is by, goes by the name of Judge Ryan McCabe in the Trump, uh, Trump versus Clinton case. He did recu- recuse himself. Um, based on the fact that, A, President Trump was going to file that both of them recused themselves anyway, there was already word that he was going to recuse himself because it sounded like he had some kind of a moral compass and realized that he should not oversee this case being that he was appointed by Bill Clinton. And he recused himself. However, and he put out a, an order of recusal and uh, says U.S. magistrate judge hereby recuses himself and refers this matter to the clerk of court for reassignment done and ordered in chambers in West Palm Beach, Florida, this sixth day of April 2022. He signed it, Ryan McCabe, and this is the second time that a judge has recru- recused himself from the case. Magistrate Judge Shaniak M. Maynard also recused herself last March 25th, and they reassigned the case to Judge Ryan McCabe at that time. However, there is another judge 
who has decided not to recuse themselves. President Donald Trump's motion to disqualify Clinton-appointed judge in case against Hillary Clinton is denied by the same Clinton-appointed judge. Talk about a conflict of interest. President Trump recently sued a number of individuals and former officials for their actions related to the Russiagate hoax and attempted coup of his administration. And by the way, I'll say that a lot of it was a massive, massive uh, case of um, defamation that also led to other people voting against him that were just brainwashed and stupid. Thank you, Holly. God bless. Some, uh, somehow this case was assigned to Clinton-appointed Judge Middlebrooks and Judge Ryan McCabe, who recused himself. But Judge Middlebrooks will not recuse himself from the case. Last night, Judge Donald Middlebrooks announced that he will deny President Trump's motion to approve uh, or to remove Judge Middlebrooks from the case. This is how our judicial system works nowadays, you guys. If you're a Republican, you get screwed, period. Here is the judge's statements, which I will read to you. He said, Plaintiff initiated this lawsuit on March 24th, 2022, alleging that the defendant, blinded by political ambition, orchestrated a malicious conspiracy to disseminate patently false and injurious injurious uh, information about Donald Trump and his campaign, all in the hopes of destroying his life, his political career, and rigging the 2016 presidential election in favor of Hillary Clinton. Um, in this motion, plaintiff argues that I should disqualify myself from presiding over this case because I was nominated to the federal bench by former President Bill Clinton, the spouse of defendant Hillary Clinton. According to plaintiff, the very fact of my appointment by Bill Clinton amounts to prejudice so virulent or persuasive to constitute bias against a party. On this general premise, the complaint asserts claims for RICO violations um, predicated on the theft of trade secrets and obstruction of justice, injuries, malicious prosecution, violations of the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, theft of trade secrets, and violations of the Stored Communications Act. The complaint also contains counts for various conspiracy charges and theories of agency and vicarious liability. And then goes on to say, that for this and many other reasons, what does he say here at the bottom? Here it is. This is what he says at the bottom. While there is no longer a duty to sit, doctrine and requires that doubts be resolved in favor of recusal, judges are still obligated to recuse only when there are proper grounds to do so. I note that plaintiff filed this lawsuit in the Fort Pierce Division of this district, where only one federal judge sits, Judge Eileen Cannon, who plaintiff appointed in 2022. Despite the odds, this case landed with me instead. And when plaintiff is, litig is a litigant before a judge that he himself appointed, he does not tend to advance these same sorts of bias concerns. So he is saying that he is denying to recuse himself from this case only on the basis of that Donald Trump thinks he's going to be biased, but yet Donald Trump tried to get it into a court in which there was a federal judge that Donald Trump appointed. Now, here's what I think. 
I think there should be a judge who is appointed over this case who was not appointed by President Trump and who was not appointed by Bill Clinton. That's what I think. And I think also it should be more than one judge. Just so you know what my opinion is on this. I don't think it's fair that a judge who appointed a plaintiff or a defendant is allowed to be in a case. I think they should either recuse themselves or by law they should not be allowed to judge in that case. So the fight continues. The judge will not recuse himself. And um, it is what it is. Somebody just said, Eli, Roku started on a, at a completely different show. That's weird. Not sure what that means, but it must be a problem with Roku because we're all fine here. So just wanted to read that and uh, move on to the next story. Long story short, President Trump is just going to, if he has to sit in front of this judge and this judge doesn't judge uh, rule fairly, President Trump is just going to appeal it anyway and move it on up. I mean, but he's trying to skip those steps because why spend the money if you don't have to? And now moving into probably one of the biggest Oh, look at that. People said, I lost you on Fire Stick. Must be a Roku issue. Everything is broadcasting okay. So Fire Stick and Roku both down. Well, that's odd. That is really weird. Sorry to hear that. Well, at least you know where you can come. Come over to Rumble. How about that? Go to Getter or go to the LFA Producers Facebook page. This might be the biggest uh, story of the day, so please pay attention right here because yesterday we got bombshell testimony and an admission from a Biden nominee, a woman by the name of Dara Lindebaum, who was nominated by Biden. Right now, she's going through her nomination uh, process, and she's been nominated to the Federal Elections Commission. That is the FEC. Now, during this hearing, Ted Cruz got her to admit that she signed off on uh, legal documents back when she was the attorney for Stacey Abrams and her campaign saying that Dominion voting machines were switching votes and that it's cap- and they're capable of doing it and they did it and they stole the election away from Stacey Abrams to give it to Kemp. And, and that's what I love about the truth. The truth always comes back to bite you in the rear end, and that is what happened yesterday. And Ted Cruz got her to admit it. This is the great. This is the greatest part about all of this. Okay, greatest part about all of this. <clears throat> Let's get into this story. While testifying in front of the Senate Rules and Administrations Committee, FEC nominee Dara Dara Lindenbaum, an election lawyer and former general counsel to Stacey Abrams' campaign, admitted to Senator Ted Cruz that she put her name on legal documents swearing that voting machines illegally changed votes from one candidate to another. But I thought they couldn't do that. I thought they couldn't do that. Isn't that odd? Joe Biden chose the former general counsel to Stacey Abrams' campaign to replace retiring Democratic Commissioner Stephen Walther on the regulatory agency that enforces U.S. campaign finance law. Senator Ted Cruz... Um, to Biden nominee to the FEC said, as an officer of the court, you were willing to put your name on a legal pleading uh, alleging that the machines used in Georgia in 2018 were switching votes illegally from one candidate to another. Is that correct? And Dara had no choice but to answer the correct answer because her name was on these documents and she basically 
admitted right there in a hearing, in a special hearing, that votes were being switched even in 2018. So check this out. So, but as an officer of the court, you were willing to put your name on a legal pleading alleging that the machines used in Georgia in 2018 were switching votes illegally from one candidate to another. Is that correct? Yes. Um, Well, there you go, folks. There you go. Is that correct? Yes. So in 2018, when Stacey Abrams challenged her election results and was not crucified and vilified for it, but Donald Trump was, she actually had an attorney who put her name on a legal document swearing and testifying that these machines were switching votes. Folks, you can't make this stuff up. This is why we do what we do. This is why I do what I do every day, to catch somebody up, to get something from somebody that will completely blow the left's narrative apart. Now, right now, if you can see on my TV over here, right now, Mark Burnovich is actually on with Steve Bannon. He's actually on with Steve Bannon, and we're going to be talking about Mark Burnovich today. So I want to see, maybe I can get, maybe I can get, pull this up here real quick. Give me a minute. Give me a second. Let me pull up America's Voice News. Let me get over to Bannon's show. Let's play this live and see what he's talking about. See if I got a, uh, a good screen here for it. This will do right here. Let's listen in. Boxes and there was ballots that were, you know, not returned by people who voted at the polling place. In 20% um, of the instances we identified those drop boxes, they did not have the proper chain of custody. And that means everything from security to signatures. So uh, in possibly up to 200,000 ballots did not have the proper chain of custody and the proper procedures were not followed with those ballots. Um, and then one of the other things we identify this report in the report that we're still looking at, and your you know your previous guest alluded to this, is that you know Mark Zuckerberg spent millions of dollars in Arizona. Um, at the time, it wasn't per se against the law, and the legislature has since tightened that up. But we do know that he spent millions of dollars to the Democratic Secretary of State and to the Democratic election officials in the two largest counties in Arizona. And so, you know, we're looking into that, whether any of that money may have been misspent in other ways, uh, inconsistent with the law. So, I mean, in a nutshell, what you have is um, possibly up to 2,000 ballots that did not have the proper chain of custody. Um, What you have is a signature verification process that we are now finally being told may have been automated, but regardless, um, those ballots are being checked with about approximately on the the most the biggest days, less than five seconds to verify those ballots. And we have a county that continues to drag its feet and refuse us, you know, or slowly provide us information. And so I'm hoping, and one of the things I ask President Fan is that will she give us additional statutory authority, including the ability to issue civil subpoenas uh, related to the election? Okay, uh, let's. I want to go back through that. And look, your reputation, particularly people that know you and and, and I know, tell me, hey, this guy's a brawler, right? So, and I understand how you have to be careful in this area, right? Because you're being looked at and second guess, and the whole with the Republicans out there, and Come also on, the whole Steve, world. Come on, Steve, let him have it. He's, and so I got that. Can't be light um, with him. But just to go back to this, I don't. Is it not? I mean, we have rules and we have statutes and we have regulations to be followed. It's kind of a blockbuster because I saw the five second thing. I said, well, that's not human. Now to kind of cop to the fact that they had AI do it 
and the rules are very specific. You can't be automatic. You got to have, it's got to be human. This is a human process, right? I mean, that is a that is a big deal, correct? That they now cop to the fact after you're, you know, looking around and what over a year after this, a year and a half after this fiasco, they're now copping to it's it's artificial intelligence and not human. Is that is that as big a deal as it seems, sir? Steve, I think it is, Steve. I mean, I will let people draw their own conclusions. And, you, and I, I appreciate the compliment you said at the beginning is that, yeah, I am a fighter. I think when you're a, a first generation American who parents lived through World War II and escaped communism and you got a funny last name, you have to grow up being a brawler. And I'm, you know, I've argued cases at the Supreme Court. You know, I've obviously sued President Biden numerous times. I was a gang prosecutor. And, uh, you know, I am all about making sure that we not only, it's not about just doing something, we have to do something that produces and accomplishes results. And I think that there are a lot of people, including yourself, I know that we're maybe frustrated. I don't want to hear any of this. I want to hear what you are going to do. One hand tied behind our back. I appreciate that frustration more than anyone, but I literally don't have civil subpoena authority. And so we're having to go through the county's lawyers and their private lawyers trying to pull teeth to get information. And if you read no, our report, no, I mean, no. it took us months sometimes to get information. And remember, I supported the Senate's right to do the audit. We filed a brief and it wasn't until our office threatened the county with losing funding that they finally started providing more information to the state Senate. So not enough for you know, me. It is frustrating. It's but, frustrating for all of us because I think we all know what happened get in 2020. Him, Steve. But I think without a doubt, right now, not just Arizona, but other state legislators need to make sure they're doing everything they can. We need to have voter verification. We need to make sure that, you know, we have only citizens voting in our elections. We need to make sure these these drop boxes, uh, remote blah, blah, locations blah, blah, don't blah, have blah, security. Blah, 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 uh, blah, 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 chain of custody. So we need to make sure there's a proper chain of custody always, not just in well, 80% of the time, but 100% of the time. And we yeah. need to make sure that we're doing everything we can to ensure that whoever's returning that ballot, that signature is indeed that person. And so, I mean, but, that is a yeah, let me get, let, let me go back. Let me go this back to the Dropbox for a second because you got we're going to have Gable men on tonight in Wisconsin. It, it, people are just sitting there going, I can't believe this happened. You got the appellate court in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania saying the 2.6 million mail-in ballots were unconstitutional, and and now you've got uh, you know, and, and Bernovich comes out and says. He thinks there's a chain of custody. You can you can prove, I guess, you're, you're up to twenty percent, two hundred thousand ballots have a chain of custody. Just another technical aspect. If there's a chain of custody issue and they they didn't follow proper chain of custody, does that ballot count or does it not count? I just want to get simples to see if if we're chasing rabbits or if this is real. In other words, when a guy like you comes out. In a belt and suspenders thing, on an interim report, not final, says, hey, there's up to 20%, 200,000 ballots I, I don't think are legitimate because of chain of custody issues. If you prove that, do those 200,000 ballots get tossed? Well, here's the great frustration, Steve, is that, you know, at this point, it, it's kind of like the, the, the chickens have already gone out of the coop. And so, uh, you know, there, there's really no remedy um, after the fact. And one of the things I do want to say is that your, so, one of your earlier guests had no. mentioned, you know, what were the AGs doing before the election? I mean, I would submit to you that before the election, our office did a lot. I mean, we actually went to the state Supreme Court. And okay, I'm done. Let's shut this down. Let's shut this down. I'm done. I'm done listening to that crap. That's all that is, is crap. And I'm actually, I'm, I, I understand how to have, you know, conversation etiquette. And I know you got to be polite and I know you got to say things in a very specific and certain way. That's not me. 
That's not how we're going to do things on my show. That's why I, I don't know what, you know what? These people won't come on this show. You, you know darn well that some of these people have seen this show. And they won't come on the show because they have seen this show. I love Steve. Don't get me wrong. I think Steve is the best uh, at what he does. I don't think there's anybody out there now that Rush Limbaugh is gone that is better at their job than Steve Bannon. Far better than me. Far more intelligent than I am. He's been through far more than I have, and he's far more wise than I am. But what I do understand is BS, and that was BS. I'm sorry. That was just straight BS, period. Ask what is going on. What have you been doing? This is what I, Mark Burnovich, what have you been doing? Why has it been taking so long? We understand that things, investigations take long, but why aren't we doing anything? Well, we're trying. We're really, no, no, no. You're the attorney general. That means you can bring charges up anytime you feel like you need to. You don't need Karen Fan. You don't need Wendy Rogers. You don't need Mark Fincham. You don't need anybody to give you any kind of subpoena power. You have subpoena power. You are the attorney. Why do I need to why do I need to explain this? I feel like I'm speaking to a wall right now. I feel like I'm speaking to a wall. Nothing ticks me off more than people that I'm like, okay, this guy's gonna get him. And then I'm sorry. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. The whole thing that he just said there was just a cop-out way of look, I do not care about protecting a relationship with somebody that I might want on my show in the future to the point where I'm not going to jump down their throat when I know they're wrong and I know they're feeding me a line of BS. I'm just not going to do that. I don't understand. Nothing but excuses. Nothing but excuses. This is what is always going to set this show apart from every other show. I'm not going to sit here and play this pity pat child, uh, these child games. I'm just not going to do it. She's not going to do it. Anyway, before, before I decided to go to that for really no reason whatsoever at this point, I was going to give the dumb, dumb award of the day away to the Biden nominee who admitted that votes are stolen via machines. Let's go ahead and do that now. Come on, man. <laughs> we did it. We did it, Joe. Dumb, dumb award of the day, Biden nominee, Dara Lindenbaum, whatever her name is, for admitting the same thing that we've been saying, but yet nobody jumped down her throat. It's not the talk of the day. You didn't hear Meek and Joe talk about it. You didn't hear MSDNC talk about it. You didn't hear Rachel Maddow. You didn't hear Joyless Reed or any of the other talking head morons talk about that. No. But if that was a Republican, if that was Marjorie Taylor Greene, if that was Madison Cawthorn, if that was Matt Gates, if that was anybody else, oh, oh, we would have crucified them all day in the media. I am so sick of weak individuals. I'm so sick of stupidity, morons, weak individuals, people that don't know what they're doing, uneducated, not skilled, losers. They're everywhere. And I find them every friggin' day. Sorry, but I do. I find them every day. And that, what I just saw right there, made me want to kick this table over and quit the show today. I am so mad at what I am watching right now when people are not held accountable. And I can't hold them accountable because they're too weak to come on this show. I don't... All I can do is do what we do. That's it. All I can do is keep pushing forward 
with what we do and how we do it on this show. I'm not trying to be anybody else. I'm not trying to be like anybody else. I'm trying to be like the way God wants me to be. I'm not trying to be like Bannon. I'm not, you know, a lot of people say to me too, and I'm sorry to get off track here. I really am. But right now I'm ticked and I'm just going to say what I want to say. Everybody says, I seek in comments everywhere. Oh, Jeremy gets all his information from Bannon and X-22. Can I tell you something? As God is my witness, I have never watched even half of an X-22 report show. I have seen clippets and snippets. I have never even, I don't even know where to go watch it. I'm not subscribed to X-22 anywhere. I don't even know where to go watch it. Maybe what, YouTube? I'm not even sure. And Bannon, do you know by the time Bannon comes on in the morning, my show is already built? Maybe with the exception of a video or two that I might see that I want to play towards the very end. I don't even watch Bannon anymore because his shows are on when my shows are on. I don't watch anybody. Ask my producer, Eli. Eli, stick your head in here. During a day, what news stations do you see me watching? None. What's that? None. Say it louder. I don't even see anyone's I don't watch any of them. I don't try to be like anybody. And I'm not going to ever try to be like anybody, especially after what I just saw. You have no idea how mad I am right now based on what I just saw. You have no idea. I am livid right now. Now we're going to talk. I actually have Mark Burnovich as a part of today's story. And we are going to talk about what he was talking about on Steve Bannon. Anyway, I want to move on from this for a minute. And I want to go to Disney because Disney is so ingrained into our children's lives that if you ask me, the people to blame the most for how our society is becoming is big, large, woke corporations like Disney who prey on our children and the public school system. Now, I am not in any way when I say that saying anything bad about teachers. Teachers union, yes. Not teachers, because there's a lot of great teachers out there, but the public school system has these teachers' hands bound. They cannot teach in the fashion that they want to teach, which really just sucks. But we're going to go to Disney because people are waking up, and I want to talk about this boycott of Disney. First of all, let's go to Burbank, California, to the headquarters of Disney, if we can, so that we can watch... Uh, what was happening yesterday with protesters who have just had enough of Disney. And I've had enough of them too. And you know what? It's good to finally see something happening. Um, where is where's that Disney video? Right here. Let's go ahead and play this Disney video again. This is in Burbank, California. This is literally right outside of the um, of Disney's headquarters. And it's a beautiful thing to see. Let's remove the lower thirds here so people can see everything. And let's listen to what they're chanting outside of Disney headquarters just yesterday. Look at that crowd. Big shout out to Drew Hernandez, Drew Hernandez, who you might know from the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. He also used to work as an independent journalist 
for Real America's Voice News. Big shout out to him for putting that out yesterday as he got that footage. And you can check him now. He's got a show called Frontlines. And I believe it's on the Daily Wire, maybe. But either way, I love that guy. He's doing good work. And he got that footage out yesterday. Those were hundreds of people standing at the, at the entrance to Walt Disney's headquarters in Burbank, California. We have had enough. We've had enough. This new Republican Party is so strong. People have no idea. This is why the left is so afraid of us. This is why they're calling us. They say we're not fit to govern because they are not used to Republicans fighting like this. They're not used to Republicans coming back at them and calling them pedophiles and groomers after they continue to call us racist and bigots. See, the GOP of the old, they would run with their tail between their legs because, oh, no, somebody called me a racist. We're not like that. No, no. We're coming right back at you, and we're calling you exactly what you are. You're a groomer and you're a pedophile. They don't like it. They don't like it because they can't control the narrative. They don't like it because they didn't get control of that word before we did. There's nothing they can do to spin it. We win again. You lose again. Get used to it, folks. President Trump said it five years ago, and I'm going to continue to say it. Get used to winning because from now on, we are not losing anymore. It might look like we're losing based on what you see on TV and the mainstream media every day, but behind closed doors and what the public doesn't know is that we are kicking butt and taking names every single day. I never thought I would see that. Now, how is the Disney boycott different than the Nike boycott or the Coca-Cola boycott? Well, I can tell you, and the proof is in the pudding. Again, you don't know this kind of stuff if you're an elitist who doesn't even have the brains to tell you what a woman is or a human being. However, we, the people with the brains, will tell you the truth and, and tell, tell it to you exactly how it is. Now, the Nike boycott. The reason why people started boycotting Nike was because Nike decided that they were going to side with Colin Kaepernick. Not that big of a deal. People who like Colin Kaepernick and like the left, they thought it was great by Nike. People who hate it thought it was stupid. I'll tell you what, what did happen is Nike made $4 billion about a week after that boycott started. So that didn't work. What about the boycott of Coca-Cola? Why, why is Jeremy's voice different today? Well, it's because this is what I do for a living. What about Coca-Cola? You know what happened to them after we boycott them? Their shares went through the roof. Now, why is the boycott of Walt Disney going to be different? I'll tell you why. Ready for this? Look at Virginia. What happened in Virginia? Why did Glenn Youngkin win the governorship in Virginia? I can tell you why. Because you can take every single topic from school to how kids are raised to whether you're woke or not, to whether everything should be LGBTQ or not, to taxes, to inflation, it doesn't matter. And leftists and right-wing people are always going to disagree. But do you know where they did not disagree? In Virginia when it came to their kids. When it came to our children, the left and the right came together and they elected Glenn Youngkin in Virginia. And we know this because we know who is registered. We know who, uh, and, and, and we know that there's no way that Glenn Youngkin could have won unless both things happened. One, we did not let them cheat. And two, independents and Democrats had to vote for him. And they did. And they unified and they came together over our children. That's why this Disney boycott is going to be different. Continue to boycott Disney. Continue to not go to their theme parks, continue to put the pressure on them, and continue to put the pressure on your senators and your congressmen and women when it comes to the copyright laws so that we don't extend them and they're out of here. Uh, let's get to the Mark Burnovich story, and then we'll end the, story with the, end the show with the good stories as always. So this Mark Burnovich thing. 
Steve's still talking to him. He would have already left the show if he was on my show because I would not have let him. Look, I know everybody's got a different style, and I'm not saying Steve did anything wrong. I'm telling you that right now. I don't think Steve did anything wrong. I'm just telling you the way I would have handled it, and I would have handled it a lot differently. But let's talk about this Mark Burnovich thing. I think it's important. Um, He did release his interim report. And in this interim report, it actually states that individuals will be prosecuted for election fraud. Okay? So that means that what you just heard me say was that Mark Burnovich's interim report says there was fraud and that people will be prosecuted for it in the future. The entire investigation has been delayed by Maricopa County's document preservation and production issues. The Attorney General reported to Arizona Senate uh, President Karen Fan that his office is still receiving new information and that Maricopa County has still not fully complied with document requests. Again, how? How? You are the Attorney General of the state. You have the evidence. You said there was fraud. So at the very least, why are we still waiting to put people behind bars? I understand that you want to wait to decertify because you don't think that there's a way you can do that. We heard you basically just tell Steve that on the war room. Oh, the chickens have already flew the coop, he says. We know what they've been hiding. So Mark, anyway, the letter to Karen Fan said the EIU's review has uncovered instances of election fraud by individuals who have been or will be prosecuted for various election crimes. Then Mark Burnovich tweeted out, we can report that there are problematic system-wide issues that relate to early ballot handling and verification. He put that tweet out. The report also reveals that up to 200,000 ballots, which you heard him talking about, were transported without proper chain of custody. Guess what? Boom, gone, done. Those cannot be counted. So at the very least, if you're going to be a coward and this state is not going to decertify or any state's not going to decertify, then at least have the courage to put the people in jail who did the crime. I'll take that. You know what? If we can do this, if we can make sure that the stealing doesn't happen again in 2022 and 2024 and moving forward, but we can't decertify, but yet we stick people in prison, I'm okay with that. I will... I will meet you halfway with that one, okay? So he's already admitting that 20%, 200,000 ballots are done. And he says that this process could go on for years. That's what he said. This process could go on for years. And you know another thing that they didn't put in there? They didn't put any, anything of uh, the 2,000 mules, Dinesh Souza's upcoming film, which they're completely aware of, with the ballot harvesting scheme. They didn't, he didn't put any of that in his interim report. None at all. And basically, he's done bupkis. Let's just call it like it is. He's done nothing. He's just done nothing. I basically was going to say a lot more about that until we went to Steve live and heard what was going on in that show. And I, 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 don't, I don't even know. I don't know. I'm going to reach out to, Steve, uh, to Mark Burnovich, and I'm going to try to get him on my show. And I guarantee you it'll be the first and last time he ever comes on. He won't deal, he will not sit with, through what, I'm, what I would say to him. And I wouldn't be rude. I would not be rude. I would be matter of fact and truthful. I would not be a jerk, but I would be, I would be upfront about it. So we're going to try to get him on the show. We're going to see what happens. Long story short, you can talk a good game. You can say people are going to be prosecuted all you want, but you have everything you need right now to prosecute these people. So why you're not remains unknown to me. Now let's go to the good news, folks. And we heard about this yesterday while the show was going on, but I didn't get a chance to actually work it in the show, so I want to work it in the show now. 
Florida and Texas have had enough with illegal immigrants in their state. So Florida and Texas are doing something about it. Florida will be shipping them to Delaware, and Texas will be sending them to D.C. From now on, be on notice, illegitimate Biden administration. If you, if you send any illegals to Texas or to Florida, repurpose them somewhere, redistribute them somewhere, redisperse them somewhere, whatever words you want to use. These two states are now going to move them back out of their state and bust them to Delaware and D.C., and that's where they should go. That's where they should go. Let's go ahead and listen to uh, America's governor right now, Ron DeSantis, say exactly that. I love this guy. I love this guy. I want him president very soon. If businesses or contractors are dumping people who are illegal into Florida from southern Texas, you know, we're going to go after their ability to do business in Florida. If Biden is dumping people, which he has dumped, people. They fly them in at two in the morning. They haven't done it lately, but they did it many months ago. Um, you know, we now have money where we can reroute them to sanctuary states like Delaware, and we're going to do that. To make sure that so there you go. We're going to reroute them to Delaware. And he's and, and you know what? When he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Now, I don't know about the same thing for, for Governor Abbott, but Governor Abbott basically said something very similar. He actually said a lot, but I'm just going to play you this one portion in which he said that they were going to start sending them and busting them where they need to go as well. And in the letter that I provided to Chief Nim Kidd uh, concerning the transportation by bus of migrants to Washington, D.C., I say, I hereby direct the Texas Division of Emergency Management to begin coordinating the transportation of illegal aliens to Washington, D.C. Now, those two strategies are, uh, in addition to announcing the following actions to further deter illegal immigrants, including deploying boat blockades uh, at appropriate regions in the Rio Grande River, deploying razor wire at low water crossings and high traffic areas. Now, I'm going to stop this right here because Ben Berkwam is already, and the people of Texas who watch this show, have already said that Abbott always talks a good game but doesn't follow through and doesn't do anything. So we'll see. I'm not going to, look, look, I don't live in Texas. I know that there's people that have problems with, uh, with Abbott. I have problems with him too. But guess what? He's doing a better job than my governor is here, Chris Sununu, and they're both rhinos. So, you know, we'll take them where we can get them. But what we will do is for their efforts, we will give both of them and I'm going to say it's a double. Let's call it a double Smarty Award of the Day. We have to give the double Smarty Award of the Day. I can't keep giving it to Ron DeSantis. I know that. But either way, here we go. Double Smarty Award of the Day goes to Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott. Let's start putting these illegal aliens in places where the left is actually going to go, wait a minute, we didn't want them here, and then they'll maybe change their mind. So big shout-out to both of those guys for that strategy, and thank you all for being here today. I'm sorry I got a little upset. I just got so mad when I, did, when I seen that, uh, that um, somebody wasn't being held accountable, and I don't care who it was by. I'm not going to say that I can't stand uh, Bannon or anything like that. I know Bannon has his own way of questioning, and I'm fine with that. I'm good with it. I just want to see people held accountable. That's all. Accountability has left this country, and I want to see it come back. I want to see it come back. So anyway, folks, thank you so very much. God bless each and every one of you. I'm going to go. I'm going to do some things today. I got a lot of things I need to get done. I'm going to come back fully energized. 
with the Holy Spirit tonight at 5 p.m. And we'll do another, uh, do another episode, our evening episode. Until then, remember, there are right ways and there are wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, and keep your head up high because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Try to put a smile on your face. I'll do the same, even though I got a little worked up there. And uh, we'll see you guys at 5 p.m. God bless. Thank you for everything.